The book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and or excuse me, 34 says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How many of you have had a year of trouble? Let me see your hand. Uh, the baby responds. The, the trouble that you're facing is coming to an end because it's a new day and it's a new season and God's getting ready to do a new thing because of his mighty, mighty work. Father, thank you today for your word. It's a lamp and it's a light. We're trusting you to meet every single need. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's men and women said, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are amazing and sit down. Would you do that? Okay, I want to talk to you this morning, our last service of the year, our last service in this facility. I think the message title is appropriate, and the message I'm going to talk to you this morning for a short period of time is called Leave It Here. Let's say it together. Leave it here. But I need your participation this morning because when I throughout the preaching say, leave it here, I want you to give the Lord an applause. So when I say throughout the message, leave it here, I want you to. All right. Because I think there's something to be said about leaving things where they belong. And because you don't belong to carry hurt, anxiety, and worry. Because the Bible says, what, what, what does it add to your life to worry? What does it add to your life when you, when you carry things you shouldn't be carrying and you really should leave it here? Oh, there you go. That's pretty good. Webster's defines worry as this, to be afflicted with mental distress, to afflict someone with mental distress. Isn't it amazing that worry starts to afflict you first in the mind? That's why the Bible says, let this mind be in you that is in Christ the Lord. Because worry is really faith, but it's the opposite of faith in God. It's having faith in circumstances and not faith in God. So it's amazing Webster's defines worry as being to be afflicted with mental distress. It also says to be subject to constant nagging. How many of you know nagging people are irritating people? People that nag, 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 nag. I'm not talking about your wife's men. I'm just talking. I want you to know when you're a nagger, you're a person that is repellent. You are a person that nobody wants to be around a nagger. And worry produces constant nagging. It's, it's not being able to change the past, but literally you're irritating the present and it ruins the future when you operate in faith faith called worry. Not faith in God, but faith in doubt, faith in unbelief. Do you know worry will only get you one place ahead of schedule, and that place is the cemetery? Worrying is absolutely useless, but so many people do it because they don't give things over to God, and they don't learn to renew their mind. Do you know, as a believer, when you come to Christ, you're born again? You're born from above the moment you believe. You know, the Bible says, and many Christians get this misunderstood. They think, man, I got to, I got to, I got to, like Romans 10, 9, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. For unto salvation comes the confession. But really, Acts 16, 30 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be what? Saved. 
So the moment you believe your inner man, the Holy Spirit ignites on the inside of you, the eternal hope of God. I call it the muscles of God. The muscles of God ignite on the inside of you and eternity is birthed. Heaven is your home. But how many of you know, just like uh, a phone that you get that needs to be updated, how many of you know when your phone says update needed and, and update, if you do like I do, you push later. Remind me later. Remind me later. Remind me later. And then after you go a while, that phone starts to malfunction. You see, God wants to update this, update the software, not to remind you later, but to leave it here. Can I get a witness this morning? To update this thing. So this eternal thing that's on the inside because you believe, not because you've made mistakes, not because you've done things that you're not proud of. See, that's religion talking. That's how some of you at the sound of my voice have been raised. You've been raised that when you blow it, you make a mistake. You're, you're not as close as, as, as you were to God as before. You, God never stopped loving you because you didn't do anything for him to start loving you. So the qualifications is not you what you've done or what you haven't done. The qualifications are being a believer. But how do you now get to this next place to exercise faith in God, not faith in the world and the things of this world called worry, which leads to doubt and unbelief? Because worry means there's something that's happening that's out of, that's, that you cannot have your way. And when it's not having your way, it's really irritation. And it's irritation with God because you start throwing God in the mix saying, God, how come you didn't provide? God, how come you didn't heal? God, how come you didn't make a way? And that's why the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplications with thanksgiving. So your request could be made known unto God. The result of the request being known unto God, peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and what? Your mind. Why? That software needs to be renewed to give you peace in Christ the Lord. That's important because it brings comfort in the day of trouble. It brings comfort in the day of battle. It brings reassurance when you don't hear the teacher's voice and you don't hear that still small voice. It means that God is in control. He's on the throne and everything is going to be all right. So don't worry. God is, has it covered. God's got it covered. God's got it covered. He knows what you need. He's still the great physician. Can I tell you, friends, God is not intimidated by any disease mankind may have. He's not intimidated by cancer. He's not intimidated by sugar diabetes. He's not intimidated by ulcers or tumors. God is the great physician. He's not intimidated by what this world has to offer, anything that comes your way. He's not intimidated by scleroderma. He is, he is not intimidated by any assault of the enemy. He flicks the enemy. It's not a war between light and darkness. You need to understand the scripture scriptures say he flicks the enemy away. God is greater than the enemy. He's greater than your circumstances. Have faith in God. Have hope in his word. He will never let you down. And God is good and his mercy endures forever. You got to learn to leave it here. He's not intimidated. And I think that's important because if we don't renew that software, we get intimidated and we start living in faith, but not faith in God having faith in worry, which produces doubt and unbelief. And worry is sin. Worry is having faith in something that you can't control. 
And so you're trying to control it. You're operating in faith, which is worry, and not faith in God. And I want you to understand that because you're not to worry this next year about your health. You're not to worry about your finances. He's still Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is your father, which is in heaven. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It is the Lord who gives power to get wealth. Why do I say that? Because you know that that thing when you believe on the inside, when you become a believer, heaven ignites on the inside, the muscles of God, the Holy Spirit, that is wealth. That is prosperity. It lives on the inside. What you need to do is get rid of that old stinking thinking, renew your software, learn to become a giver, not giving to get, but giving to receive, to receive the best things in this new year, to receive the goodness of the Lord, where God gives you an open heaven, an open heaven in your health, an open heaven in your finances, an open heaven with your family. Don't be intimidated by your children. They may not wear, they may not be where they need to be now, but they will finish the course with joy because the Lord has put his hand upon them. Don't talk like a pauper. Talk like a daughter. Talk like a son. Talk like a king's child. Don't you know who you are? The devil gets nervous every time you roll over in bed. You are a king's son. You are a king's daughter. You need to act like it. You need to talk like it. You need to think like it and you need to speak like it. It's time to leave it here. It's time to leave it here. And you have to stop worrying about your feelings of insecurity. Can I tell you, as most pastors, they're so insecure. Pastors are insecure, and the reason they're insecure, because they spend every, every day and, and throughout the weeks of ministry with their arms open. That's why pastors will kind of put a mask on of, in, of, of thinking they're prideful. It comes across prideful, or, or they put the mask on of, of, of they know more than others, and they start talking down to people instead of talking with the people because insecurity. Some of you operate in that same insecurity, but you're not to be insecure about what God's called you to do. Don't be overwhelmed by your upbringing. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And when he calls you, he equips you. It doesn't matter what background you've come from. It doesn't matter the divorce, the separation, the illegitimacy. None of that matters in God's kingdom. You need to realize God has called you. You have no other contenders when God calls you. You have no other rivals when God calls you. When God calls you, that's it. Case closed. But leave that insecurity. Leave it here in Jesus' name. But, you know, I was raised a certain way. And, you know, I was raised this way, Joey. And my life just kind of took a bad turn. But God's grace is sufficient for how you were raised. God's grace is greater than all your failures. God's grace is greater than all your mistakes and all of your sins. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your marriage. You and your spouse may be going through hell in 2018. But once you put your hand in the hand of God, there's nothing that God cannot do when it comes to marriage. Do you know the Bible? gives us literally a penicillin shot for worry. And he tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. See, he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. In the time of need, our God is always there. That's why he says, rejoice in me always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? We have to do it by choice. We have to renew that software, update the system by choice. Eternity's already there as a believer, but you will spend eternity as a child. You will spend a, a believer like a child until you renew that software and become everything God's created you to be. You have to make that decision. That's why it says be anxious for nothing. 
if it's telling us to be anxious for nothing, how many know we have stuff to be anxious about? That means anxiousness, panic, doubt, unbelief, fear, all those things are a part of man's emotion. They all are there. That's why God said, the Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army may camp about me and the wars may be declared against me, for this I will be confident in the time of trouble. He will hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of the tabernacle. He shall hide me and he shall set me upon the solid rock. Oh, friends, we know that solid rock, don't we? Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, precious and elect in Zion. Jesus said, upon that rock, I'll build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's time to leave it here. Leave it here. You know, Jesus said something pretty interesting. He said, take no thought about your tomorrows. Why? Your heavenly father knows what you have need of. Do you know God knows more about you than you know about yourself? Look at me this morning. Some of you are like wandering off. You don't even know where you're at, some of you. Some of you are like, eh, you need to realize God knows more about you than you know about yourself. He knows more about you than your spouse, than your mama, your daddy knows. God knows more about you than you'll ever know about yourself. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows how you are. And he knows what you have need of. He knows the crisis you're in. He knows the solution for today, and he knows the solution for tomorrow. Jesus looked at his audience one time. He was speaking to him and, and he said something crazy. I think about this because I can see an audience gathered and I can see the Lord talking in the theater of my mind. And so he's talking to them, they're gathered. They're looking over the landscape of Israel. That landscape is still beautiful of this day. It's still majestic. And they're looking over the landscape and they're looking at Jesus, the carpenter's son. And he said something interesting. He said, the lilies of the field know this. He, he said, the sparrows that fly in the sky, they also know this, that he takes care of those birds. Birds don't worry. God guides that sparrow through the flight. He attends the funeral of every sparrow that falls from the heaven. That song we sing in the church, his eye is upon the sparrow. And if his eye is upon the sparrow, what makes you think his eye is not upon you? See, there's nothing that you're going to or going through that God cannot handle. There's nothing that you're going to or you're currently going through that God cannot handle. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Why worry when you can pray? Why worry when you serve a God that cannot, will not, and has never failed? Why worry when you can pray? I've had people all my Christian life come in and they say, Joey, we, I need this and I need God to do this. And I say, have you prayed about it? Well, no, that's why I come to you. I'm like, until you pray about it, nothing is going to happen. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive their sin, and then will I heal their land. There's nothing you're going through that God doesn't have it covered. He knows the way. He has an answer. He is the answer. Why worry when he gives his angels to take charge of you in all of your ways? Why worry when he can provide for you like streams in the desert of a living water, an oasis in that desert? Why? 
Why worry when he is the great physician? Why worry when he is the conqueror of Calvary? Why worry when he owns it all? Why do you worry when he guards you and protects you? He takes every tear and he collects them in a bottle. Why worry when he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, even to the ends of the earth? Why worry when the devil has been cocked and loaded and defeated under your feet? Be he is a defeated foe. Why worry? Be anxious for nothing. Leave it here in Jesus' name. That's why I really believe that when we start to worry, we're operating in faith, but it's the opposite direction. But it's beneath the dignity of a believer. It's beneath that royal dignity. We need to be warned about it because worry is faith, but it's faith and fear. It's having faith, but it's going in the wrong direction. That's why Jesus said, fear not, fear not. The Bible says perfect love, look at me, cast out all fear. Perfect love, it's God's love, it's the agape love, it's perfect love, it casts out all forms of fear. And that's what you and I have at our disposal. But fear, it breeds worry, it breeds doubt, it breeds unbelief. But I want you to understand, worry belongs to every class of people. I talked to a man some time ago. This man was very wealthy, very influential, extremely wealthy. And he began to share with me his concerns, worry, about losing his assets, losing what he had taken decades to make. And he was worried about it. And then not too long after, I was talking to a homeless man there on March Lane. And the homeless man, he too was concerned worried about somebody taking his assets that he had accumulated that were always in his eyesight. Two different lives, same problem, worry. It comes to every class of people, the young, the old, the intelligent, the illiterate, the wealthy, the non-wealthy, all ethnicities, all classes of people, they start to worry. They worry about things they've done. They worry about things they failed to do. They worry about this. They worry about that. They worry about bodies. That's why we have New Year's resolutions. Let me just tell you, New Year's resolutions don't work. What we need to do as a church, and we're going to do it as we get over to the new facility, we need to have five things as a family. All of your families need five things that you come in agreement with us in for your 2019. Five things we are in agreement with over you and your families. Present those requests be known unto God and let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. They're not New Year's resolutions that come and go. They are five requests that you're given to the Holy Spirit that we come in agreement with and we believe God at his word. We stand on that promises. We don't worry when we can pray. We don't worry when we come in agreement. We trust in the living God who has never failed. He's not gonna fail you and he's not gonna fail you and he certainly ain't gonna fail me. That's important to know. We need to be warned about this because worry is a killer. Worry is a killer. It makes cowards out of anointed men. It makes cowards out of holy women. It fills faces with apprehension and fear and wrinkles. It robs your body of rest. It literally fills up cemeteries prematurely. Now we know by doctors the results are in. It's causing high blood pressure and ulcers and forms of cancer. It's been said it's not what you're eating, it's what's eating you that makes the difference. 
Worry is assurance that disaster's coming. It's belief that defeat is coming, depression is coming, despair is coming. It's a polluted stream. That's why you have to learn to leave it here, to leave it here. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to you. Don't worry about the things you can change because if you can change them, change them. How silly is it to say, I'm worrying about that and you can make the change. Some of you are worried about a boyfriend. He's gonna change. Yeah, you need to change by dumping him. He's not a Christian, he's not a believer. He's gonna, he's gonna explode on you with all of his ungodly evil. You say, well, he's a good man. Yeah, until he gets saved, then he's gonna be good. And even then we're gonna keep our eye on him. But do you know there's people in this room as I'm ministering that say, I like what you're saying, Joey, but there's gotta, I'll stop doing what I'm doing when I have an ideal situation. There's no ideal anything in life. There's no ideal marriage. It's the 80-20 principle. You get married because you love the 80, then you get married a while and you realize they don't have the 20. And if you're not careful, you start focusing on the 20 and stop focusing on the 80. And it's no ideal marriage. There's no ideal church. Really, you think you find the ideal church? You go there, you will ruin it because you are not perfect. There's no ideal minister. We're all flawed flesh. We make mistakes. We, we do things what we shouldn't do. We say things we shouldn't say. So you don't get rid of this thing by having a perfect scenario and an ideal situation. You get rid of it when you renew your mind. The Bible says whatever things are good, lovely, honorable, praiseworthy, think upon those things. Do you know that this is a result of practice by you having this stuff? You practice it all year because life will just beat you down and you've practiced doubt, unbelief, worry all year because you let it cultivate and you let it, you let it begin to produce right here. Your spirit's new, your spirit's born again, you're on your way to heaven, but this part right here is not. This part battles between heaven and hell, sometimes on a daily, hourly, second by second basis. And what you need to realize is you overcome this thing by practice. Just like you became a worry wart by practice. You've taken the year, you let things come on you, and now you've got used to your, your dysfunction. You've got used to your pain. You've got used to your sickness. You've got used to the unbelief. You got used to the doubt. You've got used to the toxic relationships that have been brewing in your life and in your family. You're just used to it. What's happened? You became this person by practice. Do you know you become a master golfer by practice? a master musician by practice? Do you know how you get rid of this issue? By practice. Leave it here. You gotta leave it here. Is the result is reverse the script, have faith in God. The Bible says with all prayers and supplications, with thanksgiving, do not give your concerns to people who cannot handle them. Stop giving access to the enemy by sharing your concerns with people who do not have the capability of handling those concerns. Get your requests, let it be known unto God, and then let the peace of God, which is a byproduct of right standing, guard your heart, guard your mind, and you literally go into the next year, not with an ideal situation, not with a perfect scenario, not with a perfect this or a perfect that. You go into this next season by having faith in God, saying, God, I don't see a way 
but I know you can make a way. God, I may not understand why this has come upon me. I may not understand this thing, but I've left it behind in 2018. I'm leaving it here. All doubt, all worry, all anxiety, all panic, all fear, all forms of discouragement, all identity issues. I'm leaving them here and I'm trusting you for a next year of an open 